Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is episode number 180, the We Won't Talk About Injuries, so we don't injure any more Titans of Sodes. A very fitting Sode title after last week. My goodness. And look, if people want to come after me and... I couldn't tell in the comments if they were coming after me or Austin Stanley since we both have the same first name. But if people want to come after me, I set it up as like, hey, how can we have optimism as Titans fans? And then Austin Stanley was like, well, has anyone gotten injured yet so far? That He was the knock on wood. If you want to direct your anger at anyone, direct it still at Austin Stanley. Now, luckily, we, we can breathe a sigh of relief as Traylon Burks was not seriously injured. But it was kind of funny how the day the soda dropped was the day we saw our first scare when it came in terms of injuries at Titans practice. But that so title comes via Elton English at strike one, one, three on Twitter. Uh, and I will say this with Elton being brought up this early in the so- show, will Levis getting a Hellman's deal. I think it's time we, we lobby for our guy Eldon to get a Hellman's deal too, because he has already been named Tupper of the year for putting mayonnaise in his margarita on Cinco de Mayo earlier this year. So, Hey, Hellman's where's Eldon's deal. I think Eldon is more of a Duke's Mayo guy. What do you think? Well, I don't know. With I, a I, name think, like I think that Eldon, fits his brand. Eldon and Hellman's. Those are two very like close names in a way, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Slant rhymes. Yeah. Right. And uh, ha- uh, mayonnaise is an English word. And that's Eldon's last name. So how about that? Uh, we've got a loaded show for you today. Loaded. So we've got, uh, we're going to be talking kickers. We're going to be talking. We got a new segment of two-tone blue for you. We got a new segment of the hype machine. We're going to update our nominees for the hype machine. We got Will Bowling, who don't ask me where he found the time to join us on this podcast. Cause my man has been covering high school football games, college soccer games, pro soccer games, league cup finals with Lionel Messi's uh, scoring goals color uh, covering those. He also has a four hour radio show every single morning. And yet he still took time to join us on this tighten up podcast. If you can withstand our conversation about the changes made in the city of Brentwood and the Nashville area, over the first few years, if you can get over that part of the podcast, we get into some really good Titan stock later on in the interview. So don't go anywhere in the first part of that interview. <laughs> you can maybe skip ahead if you don't really care about the dynamics of Nashville. But then also uh, we're going to talk about the Caleb Farley situation, hopefully if we have time. And then uh, obviously we've got some more Titans headlines to get to. But before we get to all of that, let's first get a word from our friends. Ever relax the back. 
Relax the back has a great deal going on right now. Labor Day's almost here. That means football's almost here. It's a great time to get that chair you can relax in and take in all the action on Sunday. And, and you can find it over at Relax the Back. They've got their best-selling zero-gravity recliner. It's called the perfect chair for a good reason. At $500 off, their lift chairs and exclusive custom leather executive chairs are $400 off. Plus, you can save up to $1,400 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable mattress sets. Get a $300 credit on your adjustable base and 48 months to pay it. It's the best offer of the year. They look forward to seeing you soon over at Relax the Back. And I want to remind you that if you live in the Middle Tennessee area, you can check them out at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater over in that shopping center by Hillsborough High School. If you can't check them out in person, go take a look at their store online. You can find all the items that they have in their showroom available up at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is August 23rd, 2023. We're getting ever so close to football, and I'll say this. This podcast came here to do two things. Talk uniforms and talk kickers. And guess what? We're all out of uniform talk. We're starting today's so talking about the most important position to short kings everywhere. It is the kicking position. And guess what? If you don't believe that time is a flat circle, the Titans are in search of a kicker yet again. Now, you may have thought, well, what about getting rid of Randy Bullock and them signing uh, Trey Wolf and um, um, and uh, Caleb Shudak? Are are they are they done there? Well, as you as you'll see later on in this show, they have way too many Caleb's on the team as it is. So mm-hmm. Shudak was cut, and then Trey Wolf, uh, he just spells his name too funny. So they were like, we can't. That's gonna we're gonna butcher that way too many times for our PR department. So you're gone. Then they brought in Michael Badgley, who uh, the first three letters of his last name has fit the oh, bill no. for him. Because let's just say he's not great, but he's like for where the Titans are at in terms of kickers. He's, I guess, their best option available. Like, it's hard to believe. And Jack, you and I have had this conversation so many times. It is so frustrating that like I I, I'm surprised I have any hair left after pulling it all out over the last three seasons in terms of finding a steady, reliable kicker in the NFL and how they can't just like log on to youtube.com and just search kicker trick shot artists and sign one of those, you know, clout chasers. Why they can't just like do that and just find a sustainable kicker that way. Surely that's got to work better than what the hell they've been doing for the last three years, because whatever it's been, it has not worked. And yeah, sure. We were all fine with Randy Bullock. Like, Look, in within 40 yards, he's perfect. Outside of 40, okay, yeah, can't really do as much. But, like, it seemed to work. So what the hell are the Titans doing wrong? 
Yeah, if you're looking for a podcast that doesn't skip leg day, every day's leg day over here because we talk <laughs> about the most important leg on the football team just about every week. With Shudak and Wolf gone, yeah, it opens up a door, and we knew that this door would open because neither of those guys had done anything at the NFL level, right? I don't think anybody really had much confidence in them, and that only worsened after the preseason opener where neither of them looked very good. Shudak put a kickoff out of bounds. Wolf missed a kick. Yeah, more like um, whack, am I right? Yes, you are right. Because his his shoes, whose shoes are his shoes are whack. His shoes are so whack. But like this, <laughs> this brings us back to the same problem that we've been discussing every offseason since Randy Bullock's groin got aggravated. And that's do we have a kicker we can trust? And why don't the Titans invest in the position that has plagued them in big moments throughout the last four or five years? Like, I I feel like I feel like Mike Vrabel is too big of a meathead to think that kickers care. Like, like the kickers matter, but like this. games, games are won by kickers. Like kickers make such an impact. They're a lot of times at the end of the season, the leading scorer on your football team. And so, which means if games are won by kickers, that means seasons are determined by kickers. And last True. year, the Titans missed out on the postseason by one game. So you mean to tell me that like a kicker, couldn't have made a difference last season. Uh, like at least one, like that was more of a weapon than Randy Bullock was like kickers are important and why the Titans don't get this. I don't understand. And the most glaring example of that would be when Evan McPherson and the Bengals rolled into town and he could pretty much point at the ground wherever he wanted and say, yep, I'll make it from here. And that's Joe, an absolute weapon. Joe Burrow did very little in that football game. I, in fact, I would argue that Joe Burrow did not beat the Titans. No, on that Titans, cold day in in January uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs. The Titans lost that game because of Evan McPherson and how money he was from mm -hmm. from deep, honestly. With a little help from number 17 and two-ton blue, sadly. But well, you're right. Yeah, but, and, and, okay, touche. Uh, All right, look. But uh, let's get back to the main point. And the main point is the Titans are too stubborn to spend money at a position that they don't value. And just because the kicker doesn't go out there and lay people out on defense or make big catches down the sideline on offense, which is really a position the Titans haven't valued a whole lot either. Apparently, yeah, I was going to say that's another um, one right there. You know, we talked earlier in the offseason how I ran into Brandon McManus after a flight out of Denver in Cabo, and he signed a one-year deal for two and a half million with the Jaguars. And I said, "Man, we'd love to have you in Tennessee." And he said, "Well, the Titans weren't willing to pay me, but two and a half million dollars is what the Jags paid him." So. What's the deal here? Are we trying to pay minimum wage for a kicker? A guy that's going to determine the end of these games? We saw how many game-winning kicks Randy Bullock's made for the Titans. We've seen a couple that he's missed. Uh, but at the end of the day, Randy Bullock was steady Eddie from pretty much yeah. 45 yards in, right? When it got to 50, it got a little dicey. But even from there, he's got a career percentage of 50%. This guy the Titans just brought back in, Money Badger, he's 5 for 13 on kicks from 50-plus out. So why is he a better option? what they had in Randy Bullock last year or what hey. else is out there. There's there's a few good options out there that we're going to get into when we go to two-tone blue. Yeah. But it's just frustrating, isn't it? Because yeah, you have radio hosts whose dad have great opinions of the Titans that ask Mike Vrabel, you know, why does Craig Ackerman still have a job? Well, I mean, Vrabel kind of owes him one for setting him up for failure at the kicker position, does he not? No, no, you're right. You're right. And shout out Jared Stillman's dad. We love you. I hope you're uh, doing well. The... I feel like this this is like a position. I was hoping that this was a John Robinson thing. One of the many things we could just chalk up as, oh, that was a flaw that John Robinson had. He had a blind side when it came to the kicking position. But 
Rand Carthen's now been in office for quite a while, and it still seems to be an issue. It's more of the same, which tells me this is more of a Mike Vrabel thing. And He's a common look, denominator. I love Mike Vrabel. I love him as the Titans head coach. I There's not a coach in football, may, aside from maybe Andy Reid, that I would want more than Mike Vrabel. I, I love him. And I, but I, I can love something and also point out its flaws. Okay. To me, Mike Vrabel with kickers is like having a buddy in college who no matter what he can do, he is always dating just terrible women, just terrible girls. And, and, you know, all right, for lack of a better term, girls that you can't kick it with. <laughs> okay. Nice. It is, it is girls that are, they are, they are sleazy and they're just, they, 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 they don't do much. They're lazy and they're just, they're bad women. And you're not like, reliable. Dude. Yeah. You're like, dude, like screw your head on straight. You, it, we're getting ready to graduate college. You need to find, start finding the girl that you're going to settle down with the girl that you can maybe call the one because these girls ain't it. But for whatever reason, ever since you got to town here in this college town, you all you've been doing is dating nasty girls. And then last year, you think he's okay, he's starting to settle down. It's like, oh, yeah, he's got a girl. Okay, sure. Was she a little pudgy? Maybe. Yes. But you know what? She was still a great girl. Okay. Was she perfect? No. Like, was she an amazing cook? Not from deep. No. But... <laughs> She was good enough, okay? And it was like, she was there, fun. You could, you could yeah. kick it with her. You could have fun on weekends with her, all right? But for whatever reason, right after the season ended, he broke up with her. And you're like, oh, here we go again. I don't understand that move, but maybe it's good for him to be single a while. Maybe he can attract in new, new ladies. But nope, he goes right back to the same sleaze balls that he was dating before. And he's bringing in multiple women, sometimes sleeping with multiple women at once just to see who's who's the best. And Fresh out like, of college. Dude, you're like, dude, like, what are you doing? You're playing all of these women and you're and none of them are even good for you. So what are you doing? That's what Mike Vrabel is with the kicking position. And frankly, it needs to stop. We need to have an intervention. We need to get Mike Rabel married is what we need to do. We need to get him married. We need to find the one and just settle down and like, we need to find a Justin Tucker. Okay. And Tucker hardly know her. We need to get him someone like that to where he can settle down for the long haul, because this, frankly, he's not going to, you're not going to have success like this. Yeah, and, and there are examples of UDFA kickers that do work out. Justin Tucker is the prime example there. You can also spend a late-round draft pick on one. Uh, Evan McPherson was a fifth-rounder for, for the Bengals. Tyler Bass for the Bills. It's impossible to kick in Buffalo. Tyler Bass figured it out. He was a sixth-round pick. So instead of drafting a receiver that won't make the team, even though he's got a great mustache, maybe you go find a top college kicker and give him a whirl. I'm not saying draft Roberto Aguayo in the third round. I'm not saying even... Uh, Blankenship, who you know just became available, two tone blue, but hey, two tone blue, you got to find us, you got to find an answer somewhere. And Badgley went seven of ten, he did hit like a 49 yarder to end practice today, but he also missed a 33, a 43, and a 48 yarder all to the right. 
I liked your analogy. Um, we both came loaded with one analogy. I thought it was more of, you know, the Titans are a Ferrari and they're driving this Ferrari off the lot, but the brake pads are burnt out. You got no brake mm. pads. Oh, so that's bad. You know, even though, the, even though it drives so great and, you know, it looks so good on the road, it's clean. It's everything you'd want it to be. You rear end a guy at a stop sign and you got to pay a bajillion dollars in damages uh, just to get your car fixed. Like that's what the Titans are going to have to do. They're going to have to invest in it with draft capital or money at some point. Right now they're doing neither. And just going back to Michael Badgley, who had a horrible uh, season opener a couple of years ago in that bad Cardinals loss. He missed an extra point and a field goal and got cut the following Monday. So that's who the Titans are working with right now. I have no confidence that the position will be solved, but where, where we are, we're, we're, able to now look at the market we can look outside the window and see available options there still waiting to be plucked up well titans fans you can take solace in this fact the fact that uh michael badgley has been in in practice for a day or so and um has already missed uh one kick from 33 yards out so <laughs> that right there take solace in that fact that look everything is still good in <laughs> titan land in terms of the king position now look I'm not going to sit here and be like training camp doesn't matter. That's, you know, when Ryan Tannehill or anyone Malik Willis throws an interception in camp, like that's when you're supposed to be bad is in camp in practice. But kicking to me is a little bit different. You know, it's like you should be good. Every time you kick the football, you're doing the same thing over and over. Muscle memory. It's not like, yeah, yeah it's not like you're trying to squeeze in a kick in between two defenders, like a quarterback is with some of his throws. You should be kicking it every ball. Correctly, I, I don't think Justin Tucker's missing from 33 yards out in in his camp. So let's get quickly to uh, two tone blue uh, because this is a segment that we bring in, and really, whenever any free agent is available, we got to ask, "Hey, two tone blue? Huh? You know, two-tone like whether it makes blue. sense or not, we love to ask it." And Jack, you've got a list of kickers that could be available in uh, look two tone blue. You know, we're in the market. Yeah. We know we know Vrabel likes to sleep around, so. What, what do we got uh, in the uh, free agent market? Well, sometimes when you're single, you go back to the one person that you used to love. You go back to the <laughs> end. That's yeah. where I've got two guys right off the bat that could make sense. Ryan Suckup, two-tone okay. blue. Hey, two-tone blue. I like that. Look, I, Ryan Suckup, I, I think fondly of. I think he was given a bad rap, got hurt, and then was shown the door. I think we sh- showed... We we showed him the door a little bit too early. Obviously, went on to win a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Um, I I think Ryan Suckups. I think he still got it more than friggin' Badgley. The next one, you dated her for a while. You thought you were gonna get married. You said, "Hey, you've got a home here now." Yeah, and now he's living on the side of the road. That's Randy Bullock. No, it's like riding a moped, you know, it's like they're fun to ride, but you don't want your friends to see you riding one. What does Matthew McConaughey say? Sometimes in order to move forward, you got to go back, you know, and it's so true. It is so true. What I, I would take a Randy Bullock over a Michael Badgley right now. Yeah. He can't kick from deep, but he was consistent within 40 yards, which I think is the best you can ask for. And Randy Bullock was a poor man's Robbie Gold, if you ask me, right? Neither of them had the leg to really hit from 50 consistently, but you really wouldn't roll them out there to kick that many balls from deep because you know that that's not really in their bag. However, from inside 50, Robbie Gold is accurate as it gets. And even though he's getting up there in age, he's actually 40 and will turn 41 this season. We've seen kickers 
Titans fans have seen kickers play deep into their career and into their 40s even. Gary Anderson um, with the one bar comes to mind. Yeah, but well, was, Joe Nenny, was Joe Nenny old? Joe Nenny, they they squeezed some he life was, out of him later on in the year. He, he had a old. game winner against the Steelers in the playoffs. He yes, he did. Uh, he but I do think he finished his career in San Francisco, so he might not have been that old with the Titans. Okay. Um, so it, those those are three options, and then an, another one, Rodrigo Blankenship, former Colts kicker. Uh, you no, know, everyone no, loved no, goggles no. out of college. I'm not even. Some, I'm not even going to go high pitched two tone blue on that one. No, he, he made some blue? good kicks no. in college. Hasn't worked uh-uh. out in the pros. Nope. No, no, no. But get is that, he get better that. than what the Titans have? You mean old four eyes? No, get him out of here. Oh, I'm not taking. On. I'm not taking any. Colts used parts unless it is another Colt that I'm going to throw in as two-tone blue, not a kicker, but Jonathan Taylor, two-tone blue, two-tone blue. He still hasn't been cleared medically, but I don't think he's going to play in Indianapolis. By the way, this is, this is a punishment for all of those people, all those idiots that have their fantasy football draft too early because you have no idea what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. Yeah. And here you are wanting to draft in the middle of August. Shame, you think on the you. Pat, Shame on all. You think the Pat McAfee curse only strikes in the regular season? No, no, no. It it hits the offseason as well. The fact that the Colts are willing to give up Jonathan Taylor, that is, uh, it was, it, I believe it was said on ESPN earlier today. That is as bad as the Titans being willing to part ways with AJ Brown. And it does feel that way. It does. Like why the Colts would ever let Jonathan Taylor walk away or limp away right now because we don't know where he's at health wise. I don't know. But and look, does it make could the Titans ever make it work? No, they couldn't. But that's not what this segment is about. Okay. It's not about making sense. It is about what that free agent would look like in two-tone blue. And frankly, I think Jonathan Taylor would look pretty good in a two-tone blue uniform. It's a shower thought. That's what this yeah. segment is. Just shower thoughts. It's just shower thoughts. And honestly, all you have to do is add one more tone of blue to his already blue jersey. Pretty easy. What's not to like? I, I still love it. Hey, speaking of things to like, let's get into the hype machine. Yeah. The it we've got we got to add some a couple more nominees. We had another preseason game. I've got one. Do you want me to go with mine first, or do you want to add yours? You go first. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm. I think this one's easy. Keeping with the running back position theme, Julius Chestnut, have a freaking day. Hey, chestnuts roasting in the open field. (laughs) That Julius, man, freaking was going off. I like that, especially in a year where you lose um, uh, Dontrell Hilliard. You lose, uh, let's, I uh, mean, you were probably going to lose Hassan Haskins. Eesh. There's no way he makes this team without I don't, playing. I don't think so, but that's good. That's good news for Titans fans. It's like, look, okay, you get the guy who allegedly choked out his girlfriend and you get him off the team, and then you've got a, still a decent backup. Now, granted, you have to take everything in preseason with a grain of salt. He, a third string running back is playing against second and third string guys for the Vikings. Okay. But was opened up by some pretty good holes by the offensive line. And he took advantage and I thought he looked great. I'm going to nominate Julius Chestnut, which would make for our first running back on the, uh, uh, in the hype machine history, Julius Chestnut as a potential hype machine nominee. I really like that. And, you know, circling back to last year's training camp when we talked about this stuff, 
we had Mickey Ryan on, who was the first to point out to us that Julius Chestnut might be a player. Yeah, Hats off you're to right. Mickey Ryan for calling. Hats that. off to Mickey Ryan. Playing in Mickey on uh, 104.5 The Zone, heard weekdays. Uh, because, I love Mickey Ryan, and I love when he gives us little tidbits like that. Because he he has absolutely proven that he can be an asset if the Titans are to call on him. Not, you know, a bell cow, but they need a few carries here and there when Henry's needs a breath or Tajay Spears is out there grinding his ass off. Yeah, do you know, bring in Chestnut. That'll work. And, My, and it gives you depth at a position that you use a lot. Yes, true. Um, my, my nomination has to go to Caleb Murphy. I, the dude's a oh, baby. Oh, the the dude gosh. is a man amongst boys and yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about it with Will Bowling, but he just dominates whoever's in front of him. He came from Ferris state really unheard of is a six, four dude who, I mean, just simply because of where he played in college was overlooked in the draft. This is a guy who's going to get sacks in the regular season for the Titans. He will make his mark in the regular season. We're talking not just about him making the team but making an impact for the team once this thing gets going. The Titans have a great front four, and they always really have since Mike Vrabel's been here. But to be able to rotate backups in, like Rashad Weaver, Tierra yeah. Tart, uh, you, you know, Caleb Murphy here, it's it's dangerous. I, it, it, you, the offensive line can't take any plays off. When everybody gets tired in the fourth quarter, the Titans will constantly have fresh legs available. Like, I know Harold Landry used to play 100% of the snaps, but... His injury is probably going to change his snap count this year. Let's just let's just be reasonable. Let's be logical about this. And so you have guys that can step in, and you know, not that they can play to Harold Landry's ability, but they're going they're going to give the offense something to worry about. And Caleb Murphy, two sacks against the Vikings. I love what I'm seeing from him. I can't wait to see more of him. If we gave out senior superlatives like ahead of the season, uh, which I think is maybe we should something we should do. I would give. Caleb Murphy, the most likely to be Harold Landry superlative. Holster that. We'll 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 do a season superlatives. Because there's okay. a week in between where we're gonna need to fill something. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna some... have to fill some content. So, yeah. Season superlatives coming soon. Okay. I like that All right. idea. Let's now get to our guy, Will Bowling, because my man's busy and he's probably got to call a game right after he talks with us. So we need to get to him ASAP. But before we do that, let's get a word from our friends at BetMGM. BetMGM's got a great promotion going on right now. Um, if you have the app, go ahead and log into that. And current users, you can invite up to 20 friends, earn up to $2,000 in bonus bets simply by clicking the invite a friend tab. Over on BetMGM, if you invite a friend and he joins, they'll get $100. You'll get $100 all in bonus bets. Everybody wins, and you can send it to groups. If you want to switch sportsbooks, switch up the juju. If you want to just get into the game, have some skin in the game for this football season, BetMGM is the place to do it. Do it with your friends and all make money together. Remember that with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued with non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. 
All right, we are joined now by a uh, returning uncle to the podcast, a uh, a guy who you will, I mean, if you're a Middle Tennessee sports fan or just a, like if you're just happen to be watching a sport in Middle Tennessee or anywhere in the state of Tennessee, honestly, this man is probably the broadcaster behind it. You can hear him every weekday morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will on 104.5 The Zone. Play-by-play uh, play for Nashville SC. Uh, American track on SEC Network. Uh, you, you also just called a Tennessee soccer game. Uh, you called Ravenwood Alcoa high school football game. Um, I'm pretty sure like uh, when my daughter is born in a couple of months from now in October, you'll probably be calling that somehow. I don't even know how he is. Uh, Will Bowling. You find him on Twitter at Will underscore Bowling. Will, how are you, man? I'm great. Thank you for that. Uh, that warm introduction. And yes, I, I will uh, be there with a spot board ready. Uh, yeah. For that Congratulations, by the way, of course. But, be... uh, Wait, can yes. you can you just do that? Pretend like my my wife is giving birth right now. Can you just go ahead and call my my baby <laughs> oh, being born right now? As a 26 year old male, I think I probably know less about uh, <laughs> the delivery of a child of a human being than hey. like 99 percent of human beings on the earth. And I think it's probably for the best. Honestly, I have one kid and you probably <laughs> still know more than me. So I just know whatever is in, I just know Michael Scott can't smoke a cigar in the, near the delivery room. And you know, I, I just know what's in the office, like everything yeah, else in my yeah. life that doesn't pertain just, to the spot boards and sports. Just know that I will make the reception at the end. I will, uh, I'll call for the fair catch and I will make the, uh, I will make the reception leaving for a uh, successful delivery. But I, are you like, are you just out of breath? Like how, how do you have so much stamina to go from game to game to game to, uh, oh, I don't know, th four hour morning radio show every single morning? Like what uh, are you just exhausted? I mean, yeah, you're 26. So you have some energy, but still, right. I feel like for anyone, this would be ridiculous. My co-host Kayla Anderson is quick to remind me that uh, the 26 year thing is a big deal. She's like, just be ready for when you're my age. You're not going to be able to do this. Uh, I, but I had to walk on the treadmill in my workout today. Like I, <laughs> that's how exhausted I am. And I do half as much stuff as you do. So no, it's it, honestly, I was talking about this to somebody the other day that, you know, the, the teammates I have on the show, it, it's, it's very cliche, but I, I have to start with them because Kayla brings a wealth of experience into our show. Ramon is like the easiest person to do a radio show with because the guy I watched him play as a Tennessee volunteer. So like odds are, if he remembers something that happened in a Tennessee game that we want to talk about, I remember it, but I was just like 10 and in the stands <laughs> up at XX one with my dad. Like I can speak to those things with him so easily. And like, he is the age between my brother and my sister. So I feel like I grew up with people that were just like him thinking I was my brother's age. who's 12 years older than me, even though I'm clearly not. And uh, he's an easy guy to tee up like, hey, this happened in a training camp around the league. How would you have responded to this as a player? And then he's so good at then taking the ball and running with it and giving me more follow-up questions to that, that it makes the day-to-day -day grind of hosting a radio show in this market a lot simpler than, say, if you were only in a college town. I do not envy the people that are breaking down you know, the, the fifth string wide receiver freshman who is listed at 175 pounds, who's not a, a cent over a buck 50, uh, that guy battling for this other guy for maybe snaps against Western Carolina in week three. Like I, some of these college places, those are the, where the stars of radio are who are working harder than us in NFL markets. Like 
NFL is king. We've got a team down the road. That part of it is is simple at this point. There's still work that goes into it, obviously. I'm not saying we just turn on the mic and go, but it's simple. Um, and beyond that, I mean, when when Lionel Messi comes to town, when it's Nashville SC uh-huh. enter Miami for a title, there's I, I only let myself drink one cup of coffee on Saturday before that game because I knew I would be so amped up for it that there was no amount of caffeine I needed to get out of bed that day and to even prepare for it that week that that's one of those special moments that if you're just, you know, a fan of that team and, you know, a native of, of a city and care about it at all, then you're not going to need much energy to get through it. So, um, but between all of those things, it was a, it was a fun week last week. It was exhausting. Yes, but man, we could be working out in 110 degree heat, you know, building all these buildings that are going up around us every day in Nashville. It, It can always be more difficult and, uh, now that we've gone through our fake fall and are back onto Satan's doorstep, I think as it's known in Nashville, it, it could always be worse. You're absolutely crushing it right now. You mentioned the messy game. And I mean, for me, I, I was a casual soccer fan. I knew, you know, surface level stuff. That's about it. And I started going Nashville SC games when they came into town. Right. Yourself, Lucas Panzika, Jalilani Baba have essentially helped me, helped me like grow another layer of knowledge when it comes to soccer and NSC in general, because this team is fun as hell to watch. But you tweeted something that I thought was one of the more thought-provoking tweets that I had read over the last week or so. When Messi came in town, you said that it was unquestionably the biggest sporting event ever in Nashville. And there's going to be some Titans fans who are going to be like, well, what about some of these playoff games we've hosted? Preds fans, the Stanley Cup run, did you forget about that? And obviously Tennessee, Virginia coming in. I mean, you don't slide your balls with that big Virginia game coming up. <laughs> but do you really believe that that was the biggest event in that we've seen at least in in our lifetime? We're around the same age um, in Nashville. I think it is from the worldwide perspective. Hockey is a regional sport. Regional when you take the whole world and say North America cares a lot about hockey. Scandinavia, Russia. Um, I, I understand the the arguments for the NFL draft and for the Stanley cup final. I totally get it. Right. I mean, heck on our radio show Monday, we spent 90% of the show breaking down a Titans preseason game and 10% on Nashville SC and inter Miami, right? Locally it's maybe top 10 on, on the biggest sporting events that we've had in terms of local significance of the tickets and the, the demand to get into the building. I, I think that's a separate conversation, but you talk about Lionel Messi winning his 44th career trophy in Nashville, Tennessee at Geodas Park against Nashville Soccer Club. He broke a record for most trophies ever by one player in the history of the biggest sport in the world, and it's not even close. He is, I think, other than maybe Michael Jordan, I would put him on par with Michael Jordan as the most popular athlete living right now. I'd probably argue that he is above even Michael Jordan, but just, you know, Jordan's influence on an entire generation. We can already see now in players that are playing basketball, Messi's not old enough to where we know, you know, who, who grew up looking up to Messi and what that looks like in 10, 15 years. So it apples and oranges a little bit, but I, I do think there is something to be said for the world's biggest athlete coming to Nashville and breaking a world record in the game that is followed by the most people around the world. Like the tweet that I quoted in making that statement had 13.5 million views. That is more than what, like the Dallas Cowboys, I think have like eight to 10 million followers, something around that ballpark. Like 
there are teams that don't get that amount of impressions in like a week. And that was one tweet by one reporter talking about Lionel Messi winning his 44th trophy because it happened in Nashville. I think for those reasons, just from a worldwide, you talk about significance of events around everywhere. It's got to be number one for me. Football is king, but you know, in, in a couple of continents, at least there are people who believe that Messi is God. So it, it is a tough, it is a tough comparison, but um, you know, a lot of people are overlooking Vanderbilt Auburn college game day. Oh, eight as one. Yeah. The no, I mean, really honestly, it, well, and, <laughs> uh, and don't forget uh, Michael Jordan, the aforementioned yeah. uh, playing against uh, the Nashville express with That's Birmingham right. Barons in 1994 at Greer stadium. People forget, you know, like how, culturally uh of a moment that was uh just in the 90s you know it really i mean it that that experience getting to see that and it well i I didn't get to go the game but i heard about it from friends and uh that that was that was groundbreaking uh some might say even bigger than vandy auburn um (laughs) some yeah just just barely what was it? Vanny was what four and zero, and it was like four and zero and four point were all like the game day signs. Yeah, yeah. They, they, like, yeah they, they, I was at game day with a sign. I forgot what it said. Um, but they they ended up finishing that season six and six. I remember. Yeah, that's right. Was, is a fantastic season. The Nashville but, Express, by the way, don't get enough love in this town. Like they really don't. We as as Nashvilleians, I've said this for for a while. Need to create a Nashville citizenship test, which mm. the first question needs to be. <laughs> just a picture of Ozzy, the old mascot, just say, who is this with no context, yeah. black and white photo. Maybe you black out the Jersey he's wearing or something like that. Second question is who is the other minor league baseball team to play in Nashville? Because the yeah. Nashville do not get enough attention. What about the minor league hockey team? Will, do you remember the minor league hockey team? That, uh, that was the, in what, Nashville? Uh, the, Oh my, Oh, the Dixie flyers way back. Right. Oh damn. Okay. Yeah. You went way back. Uh, I was, <laughs> well, I was referring to the, uh, uh, the Knights uh, Municipal Coliseum, Nashville Knights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the which I believe they were bought and eventually moved down to Atlanta and That's kept right. the same name, became the Atlanta Knights. But they, um, the Nashville Knights, man, that was hockey. I remember I went to a hockey camp one time at uh, the Maryland Farms YMCA, and I learned how to RIP how to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> wait, is it gone? <laughs> yeah. Is the, the Maryland, Maryland Farms YMCA no is gone. Exists. That's this is what? like you're missing major news in Brentwood, Tennessee. We we need the the breaking well, first news. They took so. away they they took away the O'Charlies in Maryland <laughs> Farms, and that was in that uh, parking lot. I had my first kiss, and now oh you're telling gosh. me that the Maryland Farms YMCA is gone. They added a second level onto the Concord Road YMCA because someone realized why in the world do we have two YMCAs within what two miles of each other in Brentwood, yeah. Tennessee. Um, it's just an office. Now. I think it's still owned by the Y, but it's just offices. I want to say, like, Don't do what, what are the or what are the desks on the tennis well, courts? The thing had more tennis courts than like all of Europe. Do, do you want to hear one that's even worse from Brentwood? Uh, Mazatlan is no longer called Mazatlan in Brentwood, Tennessee. Shut your shut up, dude. Shut up. I, I found this out. What I is it called? This past week. Hold on. I I I was not prepped for this exact conversation. Titans fans <laughs> that did not you, grow you up in Nashville. <laughs> Titans fans that did not grow up in Nashville are absolutely hating this interview right now. Uh, but well, anyone who did grow up in Nashville, like, should understand well, the cultural significance of these right. these changes. 
so well, people in Nashville can't get uh, can't get rid of me, and then people outside of Nashville now want to get rid of me talking about things <laughs> that only people in Nashville know. So people I are like, I thought even... people people are unsubscribing as we talk right now because you know we haven't even hit on the Titans yet. But I know, like the fact that like this is this is blowing my mind right now. Like what the Fabians next thing or Fa- Fabians. Fabians. Fabians? What is it, an Italian <laughs> restaurant now? Like that's a it literally it's same menu and everything. It's just right. rebranded. You can still get a half order Jim's nachos over rice. Okay, oh. that's that was my next question. Can you still get the Jim's nachos? Yeah. All right. Will, all, right. all right. We'll talk uh, Titans. We'll talk Titans. I, I was gonna ask you, Will, what's more dynamic? Uh the the nachos over at Mazatlands or Tajay Spears with the football in his hands? Because mm. that dude is an electric factory. Well, see, I, I was going to go the direction. Last time I went there, they still didn't. They didn't have the thing that said, "Need a mint, take a mint. Need another mint, take five cents." That maybe if Kyle Phillips had taken more mints, he he would be mm. healthier in a Titans uniform, something of that nature. But um, no, it's, I mean, it's so true. The, the the Tajay Spears thing is interesting because it, you have had so many different combinations. You know, say you you add the the, the chimichanga with. A soft taco. Maybe you go fajitas uh, on one day. You had different combinations with the Jim Nachos, the Derrick Henry uh, in the Tennessee Titans backfield. That you know, Deion Lewis is obviously uh, R.I.P. in peace to him as a as a Tennessee Titan. You, you've done the the Dontre Hilliard thing. Deontay Foreman, you know, it did a great job for this team and obviously outgrew the secondary role the Titans could afford to give him. It feels like this was always going to be the best scenario for the Titans in the backfield get a guy on a rookie contract that can do a lot of things for you. And and I said it when they drafted Tajay Spears, the, the complaint from Titans fans, and it was a valid one was why are we not going for a wide receiver there? And, and that's been the complaint for Titans fans since, um, you know, forever, obviously since the, that was, still had a while. that was my complaint. Yeah. And to me, Tajay Spears is a wide receiver in this offense. I think for a team that was so predictable, in many different ways, you now have the option of you're not always blocking the running back on third downs. You're not always having a tight end stay as an inline blocker, or or you're not always having the tight end run the routes. And it, it felt like so many times the Titans were so one dimensional in their third down passing game where running back was going to stay in there to block. Hassan Haskins wasn't even faking like he was going to run a route. He's like a an H back right behind the guard. And the Chig is going to run a route and that's it. But it feels like with Tajay Spears, you had a little bit of deception maybe of, Hey, this guy can, can run routes out of the backfield. He can block, he can be on the field with Derrick Henry, which is something I think we'll see a lot more of this season. And, and who knows what you have in Chigakonkwo as he makes the year two jump. Tajay Spears is as dynamic of a playmaker as the Titans have. I think um, in just in terms of the versatility of things he can do. And I'm, I'm excited to see that guy for a full season. You mentioned Kyle Phillips, um, and I'm wondering if the emergence of Tajay Spears makes the Kyle Phillips injury situation, which he's had trouble staying on the field ever since he's arrived, right. if that kind of lessens the blow a little bit because Spears has that quick touch ability. He can catch the ball. You know, I feel like with a creative offensive coordinator, they won't have a problem lining him up in different spots, maybe even out of the slot on occasion. What do you think about that? Does Spears kind of help soften that blow a little? I think he does a little bit. I think where you need Kyle Phillips is the intermediate eight to 12 yard routes that typically you're getting on third downs. And and for 
all the hate Nick Westbrook Akine gets, and I, I'm in y'all's boat on Nick Westbrook Akine for sure on the uh, the love that he deserves to get. Um, it, he Good was kind of that guy a season ago for the Titans. I mean, I, I don't see a problem with Nick Westbrook Akine having a very defined role in simply replacing the hitch routes that Kyle Phillips was going to be running for you on third downs. I think that in and of itself is, can be kind of a like for like replacement. But for me, Tajay Spears, I think you're going to see him. I don't know if you see him as much in the slot. I I think really where the Titans fans are going to like what they see is when him and Derek are on the field together and you have Ryan rolling out of the pocket and finding Tajay Spears open in space in, you know, in the flat. I think that's where Tajay Spears makes most of his yardage. The, the angle routes over the middle, sure. The, uh, you know, just check downs in the flat. You, you need more playmakers on this team that can make more with less. Not a lot of yards after catch in this Titans team last season. And I think at the very least, Tajay Spears can turn a three-yard catch into a 20-yard gain. I think that's where he gives you the most maybe more so than, than being in the slot and being that kind of gidget gadget as coach Mack would say, uh, you know, guy in between the zones on a third down. I feel like the only thing that like, I think you're right. Like Tajay Spears can do so much and can kind of really change this offense and be more of an impact to this team than I think any of us even realize. However, the one thing I don't know that we, that he can do is stay on the field. I mean, this is a guy who's got no ACLs, uh, which is two less than most people. And <laughs> that is, I, I, to me, I feel like we're on borrowed time with this kid. And I, maybe that's unjustfully so. Uh, obviously, I think you, you can still be healthy. You can still do a lot with no ACLs. It's weird to say. But to me, it, it feels like we're Bugs Bunny and we've just ran off the cliff or Wiley Coyote, we just ran off the cliff, and I'm scared to look down because I know what's going to happen when we do, and that's going to be Tajay Spears. And let's not beat around the bush. It's not like the Titans have any uh, have had any luck in the injury department over the last two seasons. So Fair. am I am – I, am I... We got to be careful here, though, because we had Austin Stanley on yes. last week, and I mean, the Titans started dropping like flies. <laughs> right, right. Fair. Yeah, let's let's not let's not go ahead and and say, well, he's not injured yet, so there's no way right. he's going to be because we all know <laughs> what Austin Stanley did on this podcast last week. Am I am I out of line to be worried and to be concerned? Like, can you talk any, I guess, um, confidence in me in the sense that oh, this kid can stay healthy for an entire 16, 17 games late now. Well, I think Heinz Ward is the proof of concept there, a guy that that didn't have an ACL as well and had uh, an outstanding career as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And, uh, you know, I've talked to Ramon Foster about that, and he's been open about it. Like, yeah, he didn't have one and was fine. You know, there's just, you know, the the things that he had to do to make sure he was good to go. But I think for Tajay specifically, the the position he's in, obviously the running back position is a big topic of conversation at this point. Like, if the worst case scenario is you get a guy for a rookie deal, that is essentially the life expectancy now of running backs at their best, right? I mean, it, it, this is where I think we learn about what Rand Carthon believes the running back position looks like as opposed to John Robinson and where Mike Vrabel's personal opinion falls in that too is how do they treat a guy like this who's starting as really what I think is the year apparent. I think in the best case scenario, Tajay Spears is running back one for this team in a maximum of two seasons. And and he's the 
Elijah Mitchell, you know, that, that Rand Carthon is more accustomed to from San Francisco, that Jeff Wilson, who obviously is in Miami now, but, but played that similar role or, or the Christian McCaffrey, who I know, you know, he was with there for just a little bit uh, as they made that trade last season. So it, I, I think it's okay to be a bit worried. I, I do believe that the Titans did their due diligence on him and, and wouldn't have signed him in the capacity they did if they didn't believe he could overcome that and have a, a long career because from everything I've seen and from everything you take away from the way he's used, they believe he's running back one of this team in the future. And I don't think they would have cast him in that role long-term if they didn't vet all of those medical things, check those boxes and think to think to themselves. Yeah. that This isn't going to hold this guy back from having a long career. Now going from uh, an injured running back to now an injured receiver, the aforementioned Kyle Phillips it, with his injury is out what, like six weeks. Are the Titans in play for any other wide receiver to bring in? Uh, because, you know, obviously I think we know, we know they're up against it kind of financially with the cap right. and everything, but the, you know, you see a guy like Corey Davis, who I believe was just released by the New York Jets. He's a, he's a guy, I don't know, Titans fans, a little familiar with. Uh, Absolutely. Nicknamed nicknamed Banana Bread on this podcast. <laughs> Is there any way to bring the Banana Bread home, bring it back, or or someone... Like, is there an alternative solution as to right. a wide receiver that could be in play to bolster this offense? Because DeAndre Hopkins fills a lot of holes and fills a lot of needs, and just having him on the field is going to make this offense better. But you do kind of need weapons uh, in yep. the NFL to succeed and to have sustained success, especially with the injury issues that the Titans have had over the years. They need depth. And with Kyle Phillips out, that really test the depth of the wide receiver unit before the season even starts. So is there anything, any alternatives, I guess, in play with that injury news? Well, I think the Corey Davis conversation is a really interesting one. And it's so funny guys that when we talk about wide receivers and if they could be fits for the Titans, the first thing we often say is, well, he's willing to block like nowhere <laughs> yeah. else in the NFL. Is it like, Oh, the chiefs are interested in this receiver. Wait, guys, can he block? Right, right. <laughs> right. Block on a power O to the right. Like, let, let that's the first question. But that is a question we can answer with Corey Davis, all joking aside that, yeah, he's he's willing to do that dirty work at this point of his career, is he? Remains to be seen. But I, I do wonder if there's some animosity from Corey towards the organization, albeit right. a different general manager, about the the big offer he was given elsewhere and, and wasn't given to stay home by the team that drafted him. I, I don't know the specifics of that personally, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's part of that conversation as it is often when guys aren't given that big second contract by the team that drafted them. But I would be surprised if, if the Titans do anything else at the wide receiver position. It, it just feels like it's so out of character for them to make more than that one big move at that position specifically. And it does feel like while yes, you could probably make the money work with guys that are coming available over these next few weeks. And you can do uh, now on the one year anniversary, not to the day, but close to it of when the Titans got Dennis Daly, RIP again, uh, you could, mm -hmm. you could swap sixth with someone and then add someone in the process who is going to be cut in a week anyway, at the end of camp, you know, th there might be that guy out there, but is there anyone that has production more than like a Chris Moore level that's going to become available to you 
Probably not. Like uh, uh, all you're, uh, in my opinion, going to be able to add at this point is another Nick Westbrook Akine, you know, a uh, uh, Chris Moore, who is a wide receiver four in a good offense, maybe a wide receiver three in a not great offense with not super deep weapons, which is where I would classify the Titans right now. Hunter Renfro is the other guy that people like yeah. to throw out there. I just, I don't know how much different he is from Phillips himself and Phillips isn't out for the season. So it, it, Titans find themselves in an interesting position where guys, I think they just have to lean into the fact that the best Mike Vrabel teams are outscoring teams 16 to 13. And, and the fact <laughs> is that, if don't they say stay that, healthy. don't say that. Will it, it, it is, it is. Uh, but honestly, though, like you go back to 2020, like that team was fun to watch. They got bounced in the first round, and the Ravens danced on the logo at the end of it. Like oh, the, the best Titans teams are the ones that are not balanced. The ones where the defense is leading the way. It's opportunistic offensive play. It's you know delivering the deep ball when you can after a, a turnover. It's literally what they did in 2019 to get to the AFC Championship game. And if this defense stays healthy, I don't know how deep they are behind their starters, specifically in the secondary, where if Kevin Byard or Monty Hooker goes down, you've got a problem on your hands. But if that defense can stay healthy, which has not happened over the past few years, I think the defense is good enough to where they will give Jacksonville a run for their money. And I think we won't be talking as much about who wide receiver three or four is because you're back to the formula where Mike Vrabel teams are at their best. Chris Moore has grown on me significantly. Just getting to watch him play a little bit. I don't get to see him at practice like you guys do, but uh, he he he's starting to. I'm starting to have some confidence in him. But you brought up the defense, and I'm glad you did because there's been one player this preseason that has jumped off the page seemingly every opportunity that he gets. That is Caleb Murphy out of Ferris State. Caleb Murphy was dominant in his last season of Ferris State's 25 and a half sacks and 39 PFLs. The guy was paying rent in the backfield at that level. What? What? Who have you been impressed with? And do you think that Caleb Murphy ends up, you know, getting some significant playing time this season because of what he's done so far? It, it's interesting because when Rand Carthon talks about picking the best fifty-three players for this roster, Caleb Murphy has to be one of the best fifty-three players uh, on this Titans roster right now. And I think his inclusion or exclusion from the roster tells you Mike Vrabel's own personal beliefs on that position because the Titans very commonly only keep three outside linebackers. And it was, you know, in the past, Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Rashad Weaver. And, and you know, at that point you have Danico Autry who can slide in an outside linebacker if needed. And, you know, I remember when we were talking about, well, Rashad Evans in a pinch can play outside linebacker. And we tried to justify that to ourselves, which I can't believe is a figment of Titans history, but I feel like Kayla Murphy is one of the best 53 players on yeah. that roster right now and has earned it. And, and if you want to send that message to your team that regardless of your position, if you're one of the best players, you're going to be on the roster. He needs to be on the roster. So I think first and foremost, keeping that fourth edge rusher would make sense. And yes, they've kept fourth edge rushers in the past, but that was when you had a Kamalai Correa who can play a special teams role. And you know, there's, there's edge rushers that are doing other things for you as well. That's the value Caleb Murphy now has to bring is mm -hmm. can you be on kick team, right? And, and and I think where that gets interesting is with new fair catch rules and touchback rules in the NFL when it comes to kickoffs, are teams less incentivized to keep special teams aces, quote unquote, that are taking up roster spots because you won't have to cover as many kicks. 
Or do you double down on this and try to be more strategic with where you kick the football and, and try to make returners make more difficult decisions and coffin corner a guy on the three yard line, you know, near the pile. Like, I, I don't know the answer to those questions. I don't think anybody does until we see it happen over these next few weeks. But to me, the kickoff doesn't matter as much anymore. Why not keep a fourth edge rusher that's going to help keep Rashad Weaver and Harold Landry coming off in, in ACL and, and these guys more more healthy through the whole season and, and fresher for the end? It, Murphy is the one. I think Jack Gibbons is absolutely the other one that stood out to me. Just the doctor. On his yeah, it's do, that's Dr. Gibby. Let's, yeah, let's treat Gibby. him with his that's respect. Right. He's got a PhD in doctor tackling. The, that's on yeah. me. Um, right. d- Dr. Gibby being over Monty Rice in the depth chart at linebacker is the surprise of the off season to me, you know, beyond Malik Willis's improvement. I think we expected there was always going to be some kind of improvement for Malik with, with how rough things were at times last season, Jack Gibbons beating out Monty Rice for starting inside linebacker tells me a lot about Monty Rice and maybe the doghouse. He seems to be in with Mike Vrabel, but also just Jack Gibbons being a Mike Vrabel player. Like it, it, anyone who's getting a nickname doctor, is the kind of lunch pail guy that Mike Vrabel completely can relate to and, and coach more effectively. Um, so I, on the defensive side, I'd start with those two. It's kind of the two guys who have impressed me. Uh, bet for your life, okay? Kicker for the Tennessee Titans oh. entering week one. Michael Badgley or the field? Now, if you lose this bet, you die. So oh, I've got to think about this one then. Goodness. Um I'm going to say hesitantly badly. We're, wow. we're talking week one, talking week one, mm-hmm. week one, week, week one, one. I'm saying badly uh, by week three or four. I might say <laughs> it's going to be someone else. <laughs> I like I because Robbie Gold is sitting right there. You know, like someone else will miss kicks over the next week. Like someone else will be brought in like that. Michael Badgley is not going to just be by himself in this. He missed three kicks in his first practice. Yeah, uh, not great. Mm. I mean, it, it, he's he's on the street for a reason at this point. I, I don't know what we did to have, like, is there any franchise ever in sports that has the same curses for the same position it's, it's, in their We make history? all the jokes about wide receivers coming yeah. to Tennessee to end their right. careers. It's kickers. That, it's that's kicker. the position that literally end their careers with the Titans. It's like, oh, right. oh, you sucked somewhere else? Hey, come on in. Like, we'll give you a home. Like, we're like the adopt-a-puppy for kickers. Like, we will... <laughs> Bring, we will give you a good home if you suck at right. kicking the football. It's crazy because like left tackle, incredible position in Titans history between Brad Hopkins, who is the highest paid lineman when he signed and, and Matthews and Lawan and like check running back. Obviously don't even need to go through the list of that. Like uh, linebacker, even with, with the way Keith Bullock held that position down for so long. And you know, the different guys who have, have played there at times, like Javon curse, defensive end, solid, you know, defensive yeah. solid. But then you've got these like three positions that it's like defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. Like there is legitimately someone has cursed the kickers of the Tennessee Titans. So, and they're I, important positions too. Oh, it's, it's like so wide receivers, kickers. It's like, it's like positions that can cost you or win you games and seasons. Right. Yeah. Really? Would you be willing to have instead of the best punter in the NFL, which I will stand on that table that Ryan Stonehouse is as good as it gets in the NFL. Would you be willing to have like 75th percentile in punter, which has all has been probably the best position in Titans history, just in order to have a better kicker. Like I feel like honestly, most Titans fans would make that. exchange. I I would 100% rather have a better kicker than a punter. 
Right. Yeah. Screw punters. Because you know? punters I, don't put points on the board. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to yeah. Brent Kern in New England, but in the divisional round, but still, that's, that's a good, good point. point stands. So, um, Will, on the way out, you're a big Vols fan. I'm going to give you, we don't feed the Vols fans that listen to this podcast enough. Austin went to Missouri. I went to Ole Miss. Um, Vols don't get a lot of love here. I'm going to give you um, 60 seconds of Vols fodder. You can use it however you like. No, you you really don't have to do this, Jack. (laughs) 60 seconds. However you like. Um, Feed the fans. Let's see. Uh, Joe Milton doesn't have to be as good as Hendon Hooker for Tennessee to still win 10 games again because I think the defense is going to be much improved. I think they are going to get after the quarterback at a much better rate than they did a season ago because Rodney Garner is a a king off the field and B just is one of the best defensive line coaches in in college football. And I think we'll have developed some talent at that position. Um, It just comes down to me like, the quarterback position isn't going to be as good. Who else then steps up to make Tennessee as good as they were last year? Because even if Joe Milton is 90% of his potential, which I think is best case scenario, that's still not as good as Hendon Hooker was last year. So where do they make up that deficit? Because I'm I'm a little worried about Joe behind this offensive line, but remains to be seen what happens. I the we'll we'll know based on Florida, which I refuse to pick Tennessee to beat Florida until it happens. I'll be picking us to lose that game and go nine and three simply because I promised myself I'll never pick us to win in the swamp until it happens. All right. All right. Your 60 seconds is up. Okay. Thank you so uh, much. All right. Will Bowling, <laughs> professional broadcaster on your way out the door. Uh, you know, we kind of beat around the bush and you're very professional and the fact that you swiveled out of it like a snake. But I got to ask you one last time. Can you do the broadcast for me, my wife, delivering oh, baby to me? All right. Um, call it as if, uh, is, you know, as a, a sports broadcast. Um, and I am going to be receiving the baby uh, out of my wife. All right. Austin's got something. Austin's got something. <laughs> Austin's got something. There is a pulse on the monitor. There are no flags in the delivery room. It's a girl. It's a girl and a Titans fan. A a Titans fan for the Huff family right here in front of your very eyes. Congratulations to Austin and his lovely wife on girl number two. Uh, Yeah, some would call it a miracle. The fact that I just had (laughs) sex to begin with. So (laughs) that is the true Music City miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Will, thank you for your time. At Will underscore bowling on Twitter. Guys, follow him and all of his endeavors. Uh, Thank you, Will. We appreciate you, man. Love it. Thank you, guys. Always fun. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Jack, what do you think was a bigger moment in Will Bowling's career? Him calling a goal for Lionel Messi or him calling the hypothetical birth of my daughter? You know what it reminded me of is when Mike Keith called that touchdown that you threw to <laughs> that me. Was, oh, that was incredible. That was an incredible moment in time. Um, that was no, I think you threw it to me, right? I think you threw me that, the touchdown. That's possible. It's possible. Yeah, because he because he went into your your background uh, of of your college playing days. You know, the under right. center Jack Gentry, and then because I I didn't think it made sense because you're taller than me. Why you would be the quarterback and I would be the wideout? Uh, <laughs> you throwing a fade route to me in the corner of the end zone. But you know what? Look, if Mike Keith's going to call it, we're going to take it. And yeah, he Mike did Keith knows better than moment. We yeah, Mike but the, Keith the, is the man. The birth play by play. I mean, that is. That adds another feather to Will, Will Bowling's already full hat. Um, yeah, 
Very, very good stuff from Will to do that off the top of his head. Before we get into some Titans headlines, I want to really quickly just bring up this Caleb Farley situation. Uh, there was an explosion. It is, which I don't know why the price of his home is being thrown out, but his $2 million home in, uh, I believe, North Carolina mm-hmm. that uh, saw a fatality, and that fatality was his father who was staying at the home. And luckily, I mean, Caleb was not in that home, but I mean, I don't know if you can say luckily in a situation like this, where it is just, uh, I mean, apparently uh, according to sources that the, uh, the house was left to rubble, just a complete, ex- like I, and we, I don't even know if they know what caused the explosion. They're, they're but, saying natural gas leak is what I've seen. Which reported. is terrifying. Honestly, like, to an explosion the size to bring a two million dollar home to rubble is unbelievable and i mean like you can't go without saying how much adversity both on and off the field caleb farley has been dealt in not even just in his pro career but you could say the latter half of his college career this is a guy who could have been drafted top 10 overall was dealt with some injuries. The um, then was finally drafted. Like the Titans got a steal with, with picking him up where they did. And he's still been dealt with some injuries in the first half, first part of his pro career. And the little bit that he has seen the field, he's been a liability at the position and, it, and not played to the level that we know he's capable of. Caleb Farley. I've always had the same take on Caleb Farley. Like even when people were like, you know, screaming to get him off the field like oh he's you know he's terrible i've always felt that yeah he's been playing terrible but that's he's playing underneath the level at which we know he can play at and now with this with his dad like it's just oh it's devastating well it's not even really about the on-field stuff because we all know the back injuries and stuff are really career enders for some people but he lost his mom due to breast cancer in 2018 now his dad in a freak accident that could happen to literally anybody. I, I, I think that he's in, he should be in everybody's prayers. I, I think that yeah. uh, all all your well wishes should go towards the Farley's just incredibly tough breaks time and time again for Caleb Farley and his family. Um, there's really not much I can say other than just, you know, I'll be thinking about those people because that's great. Yeah, it's one of those, that's the worst. It's one of those things that goes beyond football and Titans fans just kind of take him into your thoughts and prayers uh, in this time. Nightmare I, he is, he has just been dealt bad hand after bad hand constantly since uh, honestly over the last just few years. So um, our thoughts go out to him. Uh, <laughs> let's get to some Titans headlines real quick before we get out of here. Uh, the Titans canceled some joint practices with the Patriots this week. And I think that stems because of the Patriots, the serious injury they had in their uh, most recent preseason game. Um, I think this is a good thing. It, uh, I don't think you get sure. I think the competitive juices of a joint practice help, but the Titans just had what four days in Minnesota where which capped off with a preseason game. I don't think they needed another set of joint practices. Um, I think this is okay. For the most part, they're still going to play the game from what I understand on, uh, I believe it's Friday night, Mm -hmm. but I I'm okay with this, Jack. Can I go on the record 
saying that I'm anti-joint practices. I hate joint practices, Austin. We are recording right now, so yeah. So everything you just said was on the record. In fact, everything we say on this podcast is on the record. For just <laughs> documented. For, just for the record, yeah. Honestly, a scary reminder uh, on this podcast. But joint practices are, they do far more harm than they do good. I understand you want to see how your team looks against, you know, athletes in different uniforms. It's a litmus test of sorts in the preseason. Kind of gauge where you're at ahead of week one, where you might need to be. But you've got second and third team defenders going up against DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks in one-on-one drills. That That's not going to happen on the NFL field. So why is it happening here? You get a bunch of guys with nothing to lose going up against guys with, you know, 10s, 20s, so much money on the line. And for the Titans, it's everything this year. Like if one of if DeAndre Hopkins or Traylon Burks or Derrick Henry, something happens with those guys in a joint practice, Big Jeff, anybody on the offensive line, like – the season is doomed. Like I hate to say yeah. it, but the season is doomed. So this is a huge risk the Titans are eliminating this week, and I don't think it was planned. Um, Bolden, the cornerback for the Patriots, who was stretched off the field and you know eventually was in the hospital, I think that had a big part to do with that and kind of you know getting the Patriots back in a, in a spot yeah. mentally to where they can compete for in this game on Friday. But this, I, I am all for the cancellation of joint practices. I think that nobody should do them. It, like after last week, everyone got onto us for you know causing their you know yeah. this jinx. Yeah, which I'm here to knock on wood. I'm here to knock on wood now that we're talking about it again. But these injuries didn't happen until this past week because they weren't in joint practices. They were just practicing against each other, and you can control a whole lot more in a team practice than you can when you're going up against 90 guys on a different team. So it's it's something that I'm happy about, and I definitely even though the practice clips are fun to watch and, you know, sometimes you get in scuffles that kind of show who's got that dog in them on your team. This is a, this is such a win for the Titans here. Yeah. Uh, Will Levis signed a lifetime contract with Hellman's. Um, Look, I don't know if we're keeping score at home, but Will Levis now more endorsement deals than Malik Willis. Oh, wow. You went there. Well, okay, look, look, if we're going to go endorsement deals, why are people like praising this one? Uh, Will Levis signing with helmets and knocking down Ryan Tannehill for signing with Celsius. Hmm. You know, always got something bad to say about Tannehill, don't they? Oh, Celsius. Oh, Ryan Tannehill drinks his drinks his Celsius on a boat while going deep sea fishing. Wow. Will Levis takes his helmets and sticks it in his coffee. One of those to me is a lot worse than the other and doesn't show truly. Uh, I think. I think they're both championship traits. I the would shout out again to Eldon English uh, on Cinco de Mayo, as we are now calling it here on this podcast, as long as Will Levis is under contract by the Titans. He, he put his uh, Hellman's Mayo in his uh, in his margarita on Cinco de Mayo. And I feel like we need to tr- now get Eldon a Hellman's deal. Right. God bless you, Eldon English. God bless you, son. <laughs> Hellman's English is what uh, we should start calling him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins popped off uh, at a recent Titans practice. That's the headline. Can I just say one thing real quick? Can we stop using terms like popped when talking about anything other than injuries, at least in terms of Titans players? Because uh, when I read that DeAndre Hopkins popped, I did. I was like, oh, no, no, not after the Traylon Burke stuff last week. Not after everything the Titans have been through over the last two years. Let's stop. Let's eliminate that from our vernacular. Austin, your PTSD is showing here. This yeah, is, this is it your should. PTSD. 
It you, should. You just woke up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. Come on. You can say popped off. No, no, no. I'm not saying popped off. I'm not saying, uh, oh, yeah, no, no. The, the sp- sp- sprain. Um, well, nobody's saying like words. DeAndre Hopkins really sprained off today against the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings defense. <laughs> uh, you just you, look, no terms that are anything tied can be tied to injuries. Let's just say DeAndre Hopkins had a good practice there. Was that so hard? De- DeAndre Is Hopkins broke out. Against the Minnesota okay, no, Vikings, no, like no, 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 no. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, a pain in the side of defenders this season. Um, <laughs> also, Jadavian Clowney, now a Baltimore Raven. Is that, like, are we just going to keep doing this? Are we just going to keep like moving every Jadavian Clowney around the league, hoping one of them sticks? One of these every, teams stick. Every year, somebody gets tricked by Jadavian Clowney. Just be yeah. glad it isn't your football team. His agent is a better illusionist than David Blaine. Seriously. I mean, because Jadavian Clowney pretty much just eats glass. Like, that's all he's going to do while he's playing for your football team. He's going to sit there and eat glass. He's not going to get on the field and do anything. Yeah. Yeah. He'll he'll fro- suck up all your money. and Frozen it, in a yeah. block of ice. Yeah. It's it's Light, literally it like... self on fire. You know what it is? Going to see Jadavian Clowney play for your team is like going to pay money for the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's overly priced. You pay all that money. You walk in and you're like, well, this isn't... Like, that's just a mannequin of the world's tallest man. That's not the actual tallest man. Like, what... Why am I in this place right now? Oh, it's a funhouse mirror. Like, this is so stupid. Why did I pay so much money for this? That's Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney is a ticket to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. That's a great take. Now, that's an analogy I can get behind, Austin. <laughs> save, your best, save your best work for last. I really like that, actually. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, this has been, uh, look, is a much shorter, much tighter episode of the Titan podcast because we were dealing with the constraints of the 40 minute timer on Zoom. Again, we will always peel back the curtain and be completely honest with you guys. But hopefully you guys like this, uh, <laughs> I guess, faster paced Titan up podcast. Um, They've got to be listening like they're moving from segment to segment with with ease today. People probably thought we they probably thought we snorted coke right before this episode. <laughs> but no, that's not the case. We're just uh we we don't pay money for Zoom. Um <laughs> or at least not anymore. I don't know what I have to figure out the, the whole Zoom situation. But Follow the show at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. We got some great videos up there from our uh, AJ Trapasso, uh, Trapasso interview. And uh, one last week from Austin Stanley, completely jinxing the Titans and their injury front. And you can follow A to Z Sports on all socials, A to Z Sports. Follow Jack on Twitter at Jack A Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Honestly, do so. Get Start gearing up for football season by making these follows. And they will better your timelines in terms of Titans content. I'm not, not joking when I say that. I live and work in Chicago, and I probably tweet more about the Titans than I do anything else. And That's I think true. my bosses... I think my bosses at work hate it um, because it's not Chicago centric, but I, I can't help it. All of my followers are Titans fans. So I'm going to feed my, my, my followers and what they want. So Jack, do you got anything for the road? I don't less than a minute. Fingers crossed this week, uh, knocking on wood. Uh, the Titans are going to have a good game against the Patriots. Everybody's going to produce, and we're going to have a lot better idea of who's going to be our hype machine uh, candidate for this season. So, okay, that's it. 
All right, all right. I I'm gonna I want to get out of this before oh. we get cut off. Hurry, no hurry. doors. Week zero okay, football. Go Bandy. Get ahead. All right. With all that said, until next week. Dive up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.